Hello and welcome back to another episode of Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. I'm your host, Doug Conopelko, Education Strategist and National Esports Manager for CDWG. Today, we're going to cross the pond and talk with Tom Dore, the Head of Education for the British Esports Association. He's going to take us through a little bit about what academic esports looks like over in England and some of the different things they consider as they're building out a program like this. Let's dive in. My name's Tom Dore and I'm the head of education for the British Esports Association. Um, I'm also the head of the education focus group of the Global Esports Federation and I'm also still a teacher. Um, so I still teach three days a week. I've taught for the last 17 years across a range of different high schools, so different um, different types of schools ranging from alt-ed settings through to highly selective uh, private schools here in the UK. I'm, I'm a science teacher and I've taught for the last 17 years. Perfect. So we've talked a little bit in the past about that, you know, in the US, we talk about scholastic esports, but in the UK, that has no meaning, right? And it's yeah. academic esports. So maybe what's the difference between academic esports and then competitive esports? Sure. So, um, so it, it's a sort of bit of a tough one, this, I guess, because I know in the US, it, it, you know, friends and colleagues in the US are, are using the word scholastic, but you know, in, in the UK, we don't call it scholastic football or scholastic rugby. So, you know, why, why call it scholastic esports? So I prefer the terms competitive esports and academic esports. So, so here in the UK, the British Esports Association runs the only uh, PC-based competitive esports competition for students um, between the ages of 11 to 18. Uh, we use League of Le- Legends, Overwatch, Rocket League, and we're just launching Valorant for the first time this year. So... We have the competitive background. This will be the fourth season or the fourth uh, fourth year of, of the competitions that, that, that we run um, with the official partner, the Association of Colleges. So like in the US, you have the NCAA running the college, the collegiate um, sporting aspect or the National Federation of High Schools. Um, the Association of Colleges is something similar. So we're their official partner here in the UK. On the academic side of things, um, it's really how esports links to the curriculum, how we are developing young people, skills and knowledge with young people for jobs in the esports industry, um, both in the US or the UK and the global esports industry. But also then how esports can be used as a vehicle to develop skills in business, in marketing, in, in um, you know, creative media, social media, advertising, marketing, uh, as well as then the traditional sports side of things, you know, the coaching, the performance, the health, nutrition and, and that side of things. And I think that's really um, this really the growth area. Yes, we do a lot in competitive esports, but actually there's a great there's a large movement. There's a big movement towards how esports can move into the academic space in the actual curriculum programming as well. So what does some of your work in academic esports look like up to this point? Sure. So uh, at British Esports, we've partnered with Pearson, the, the global learning company, to develop the, the first esports qualifications of their kind in the world for, for 16 to 19 year olds. Um, I know Pearson in the US have a different um, a different role within the UK within the US education system. Here in the UK, they're one of the three main exam boards or examining bodies that all schools and all colleges do their qualifications through, and students sit their exams um, via Pearson essentially, uh, and Pearson are the awarding body who award these exams. So we've partnered with them to create BTEC now, a uh, BTEC in esports. Now BTEC is the brand name that Pearson give here in the UK and internationally to their vocational qualifications um so they're, they're non 
there's no exams as part of them. It's all based around coursework. So it's similar to the CTE pathways in, in US high schools, essentially, uh, and the programs that you'll do there. So in, in the UK, there are about 15 or 20 different subjects that you can do BTEC qualifications in. And now eSports is one of those. So it's been um, approved by the British government. So that means that... Um, schools and colleges so when i say colleges i don't mean universities i, I mean six uh, centers for young people between the ages of 16 to to 19 before they go on to university and so essentially what that means is that schools and colleges can draw down central government money to pay for this um, to deliver this qualification if you like so it's been centrally approved by british government it's um, students gain ucas um, so university admission points um, from doing this qualification the same as they would from doing any traditional academic English, math, science qualifications. So the points for entry to university is exactly the same. So we've, we've developed this qualification over the last sort of three years. Last year was the first year it was taught in schools and colleges in the UK. And we had some real trailblazing. We had 15 trailblazing centres uh, running this qualification. From this September, from now, uh, there are 160 different centres that have been approved by Pearson to teach the qualification. So we'll find out for sure in October, but we believe there'll be between 1,500 and 2,000 students studying this qualification this year, uh, which is, is phenomenal. Um, so there are also centres in the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Spain, the Netherlands, Dubai, Indonesia and Thailand, who have been approved by Pearson to deliver this qualification as well. Um, so I, I've written the qualification along with a couple of colleagues and with with um, with Pearson themselves. There are 20 different units that make up the qualification. And so we've written six or seven of those units from scratch that are linked express, expressly to, to eSports. But then the rest of the units are linked to existing uh, units that Pearson had in other qualifications, for example, enterprise and entrepreneurship, um, social media, branding, um, coaching, health and well-being, um, ethics linked to traditional sports, but we've put into eSports sense, computer networking, games design, psychology. We've then put an esports twist to it. Um, we've developed esports resources and case studies that teachers can then use to help them teach it. But for example, you know, enterprise and entrepreneurship, the skills needed to be an entrepreneur are the same in retail, in hospitality, in travel and tourism as they are in esports. So you'll get teachers who are comfortable teaching that side of things will teach them the theory behind it and, you know, how to write a business plan, how to write a strategic financial plan. The coursework that then the young people have to do, the project work, the assessment at the end of the unit is then linked to esports and we've written that assessment for them. And so, for example, the enterprise and entrepreneurship, they have to come up with their, an idea for their own esports organization that they then write a strategic financial plan for, that they then have to present in a shark tank type environment uh, to gain investment exactly as they would if they were doing this in, in real life. So it's helping them to build the range of transferable skills but using esports as the vehicle. So some critics might say, oh, you're just preparing kids to be gamers. Well, no, we're not. Just in the same way that traditional sports qualifications or sports curriculum aren't training kids to be, you know, professional athletes, a tiny proportion will do that. Same with this. We're not preparing young people to be professional gamers. However, we're preparing them to, to be part of the wider esports industry and then the transferable skills that they then develop to link to, you know, the STEM industries, digital and creative industries that we know are so important for our economies. 
Absolutely. So give me a couple examples, maybe, you know, you took me through one of the ones that is shared right between entrepreneurship and enterprise yeah. uh, with esports. What are a couple of the examples of the ones that you wrote specifically for esports? Yeah, sure. So there's uh, the introduction to esports, you know, the esports industry, different organizations within the space. If I'm honest, it's, it's a bit dull, but it's the introduction one, <laughs> but it's something that we have to do. You know, who are the who are the key players in the space? Uh, you know, talk to me, talk to us about different genres of esports and the games type, which the kid that, that to be fair, the kids will love that bit because they get to talk about their favorite games. They get to talk about their favorite organizations and, and do some case studies about different orgs, esports orgs and things like that. Then there's the the module all about game skills analysis. And so actually going into the detail of the different esports titles and talking about different skills that they need to play those games and the different strategies that coaches could use to actually coach those specific um, those specific skills. We've then written one specifically about streaming, and obviously Twitch is the is the major player in this space and how young people can set up their own rigs in school and how as a school team they should be then so learning the theory behind streaming and what streaming is and why people why people are streaming the, the commercial aspects of streaming how you can make money through streaming how to set up your own streaming rigs and, and things like that and then the practical application of that is they then go and do that with their own esports team representing their high school representing their school um, in the competitive side of esports they can then be streaming those matches putting their theory that they've learned about streaming and how to do it into practice and then shoutcasting as well. We've written a, um, a shoutcasting unit from scratch. Obviously, shoutcasting is a huge part of the esports industry, really brings it to life. And you'll get some young people, who, which is that's their real thing. They don't necessarily want to play in the school team. However, they want to be the shoutcaster. They want to be the one bringing it to life. They have a real passion about the games themselves. They might not be very good at playing it. They might not be able to represent the school. However, they are, they're going to be the shoutcaster. They're going to be the commentator. They're going to bring it to life for the rest of the students. So again, we've, we've talked about what shoutcasting is, the skills you need to be a shoutcaster, talking about communication skills, how you are going to train your voice and how commentators and presenters, the critical aspects of, of that and how they can develop that amongst themselves. The practical application is in the coursework angle of that is they then have to present their own shoutcast. They have to train for their shoutcast. They have to prepare for their shoutcast and show how they're preparing for the shoutcast. And they then record themselves doing doing a slot, um, doing a slot maybe for their high school, for their high school team. And that's what they then present to the high school as the evidence for their assessment, essentially. So it's very practically based. It's all about the practical skills. Excellent. Tom, how long, you said that, uh, you know, the eSports B-Tech has 20 units, yep. right? So how long is that meant to take or how long does that that stretch over, uh, you know, how in, how intense are each of those units? Yeah, good, good question. Um, so here in the UK at 16, 17, 18, students will pick three or four subjects to study before then going on to university. And, and so the eSports B-Tech that we've developed could be one of those. So, for example, they might do a course in business, they might do maths, they might do geography, and they could do this course in, in eSports. Or in its largest sense, there's the extended diploma, which is 1,080 guided learning hours. So this will be the only qualification that students will study between the ages of 16 and 18 before they go on to university. 
Um, we're talking to Pearson now about how we can adapt this content and amend this content to bring to the US and to fit into the high school structure, if you like. And so I appreciate the electives are one of the things we've been talking to different um, high schools and co colleges about and how this could fit into that. And so my understanding is that electives are normally 40, 50, 60 guided learning hours. And so that is essentially one of the units that we've got as part of the BTEC. Each of the 20 units is between 60 and 120 guided learning hours um, in, in length. And so we're looking to see how we can package up this content. So a high school might be, right, we'd love to do something on esports and, and the use of social media in esports. Okay have a look at this unit or, you know, the shoutcasting unit, right? Here's, you know, 40 or 50 guided learning hour chunk of work that you can go and take away and, and use as an elective. Um, so it, it's very much, that's where we're working towards at the moment. And we're, we're talking to some trailblazing uh, high schools and, and colleges at the moment to see how we can, how they might want to take this information and, and trial it in the US. Excellent. Last one here, Tom, what has been the esports experience that you've been a part of that you feel has, you know, had the most impact for students, been the most memorable, maybe had the most impact for you. You know, take sure. me through one of those. Look, for me, it's all about inclusion and diversity. Um, and the fact that esports is, is a level playing field or offers a level playing field in a way that traditional sports, traditional activities can't do. So you can have able-bodied young people playing on a team with disabled friends you know, young people playing from a wheelchair, using adaptive controllers and adaptive mice with their friends, playing with and against those friends in a way that they can't do in other traditional activities. Um, and so we've, we've done some phenomenal uh, work in some real specialist colleges, specialist schools for young people with complex learning uh, and physical needs. We did a project with Xbox uh, before the summer where Xbox UK kind of gave us some adaptive, oh, gave us the Xboxes and some adaptive controllers an adaptive kit that young people were able to plug into their wheelchairs. And we're talking young people here who move with, who, um, you know, move using different controllers on their wheelchairs, not with very little movement in their hands. So sort of slings where they can move their hands from side to side, literally like that to control um, their players. We, we organize a FIFA tournament, um, young people in wheelchairs with switches on the side of their wheelchair here that they can use with their head. Um, and the impact was phenomenal, allowing these young people to compete, um, to play with their friends, to play football in a way that they've never been able to play football before because they have been wheelchair bound for their whole lives um, and to represent their college, represent their centre and to win or lose in exactly the way that other people can win or lose. It had huge impact and it's really good to see. I've seen the Special Olympics in the US uh, are doing something with Xbox uh, this September. Um, Xbox UK are kindly have verbally uh, agreed to, for us to be able to scale this project up um, this academic year in the, here in the UK so we can uh, work with more young people in, in this situation. So for me, that's the real power of esports, that it's an opportunity to engage a wider demographic of young people. Excellent. Tom, thank you so much for your time, for your dedication to the to the field and uh, sharing your story with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or a review. If you'd like to contact us about the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at DConopelco or send us an email at focusonk12 at cdw.com. Thanks for tuning in. 
and we'll see you next time as we focus on K-12.